Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? Welcome to another episode of the Washed Out podcast. Not washed up, but washed out. <laughs> we were having yeah, some... washed up will work too. Washed up, washed out, tomato, tomato, let's just call the whole thing off. How are you doing tonight, Gordon Abernathy? I am doing all right, man. I am doing all right. So um, I had an experience this weekend uh, that you may be familiar with, but I helped a family member go deliver for the first time for one of them food services. Mm, how many days did your car smell like onions afterwards? It wasn't my car, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, here's the deal, though. So the first order was you know, real close to the residence. Picked up said order. So don't look that that's far away. Went to, and that's on the southwest side of Vegas. And uh, when it actually gave the address, it was the Luxor Hotel. Nice. So you're thinking I'm actually tip, tip, tippity tip. Nope. $7.50 for an hour's worth of work. So this person has learned now to zoom in on that map. Now, you're, this person was working for a different service than the one I do. Um, but yeah, it, there's definitely a learning curve. It's just weird. Um, people who aren't people persons or people people don't care for doing the drop off service. They tend to like to do the food stuff. Um, me myself, I have tried the food thing a few times, and I just get so annoyed, especially with apartment complexes and at night, um, that I just prefer to do the person thing. But to be honest with you, I haven't done any since my account was suspended. It's back up and running. But oh, um, right, I've just been too occupied with doing it, so um, I haven't driven in two weeks. That's right. You are allegedly a. Uh, I was discriminatory. I was a discriminatory discriminatory towards somebody allegedly with a service dog. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, watched a little bit of a new show today that just came out on AMC. That's caught my interest. First, I didn't think I like it, but I think I'm. It's interesting so far. It's called Kevin could go f himself. Mm, okay, well, what's wrong with Kevin, and why shall he go f himself? Actually, it's literally called Kevin could go fuck himself, but they blur, kind of blurp it out, and they do actually let the f bomb fly on this show on AMC. But what's interesting is uh, how it's filmed. It's like a dark comedy, so it has the the girl that played the daughter in Schitt's Creek mm-hmm. is an unhappily married woman. And what's interesting about this is there are scenes where she's she's doing some shady stuff. It's not all the way in there yet, but you think that she's up to some. So we're just at the tip right bad. now. <laughs> but then it'll go to when she's with him in the house. There's laugh track, and he's telling horrible jokes. And I'm looking at the scene. I'm looking at the house. I was like, man, that reminds me of Archie Bunker's home for some reason. So it has very similar nasty wallpaper. Uh, the way the dark wood stairs are, sure. where the closet is. You think maybe so, it's an uh, homage to the... Uh... I think it may be. They have. I've tried to look it up real quickly before we got on. I haven't seen that mentioned yet. Uh, I'd like you to try to give it a, 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 a whirl and see what you think. Isn't it funny how far we've traveled down the road of clever titles? Remember when 
this is uh, whatever the Tom Arnold sports show was called, the best damn sports show ever. Period. Explanation mark underscore. Remember when it was like, oh, the title of that so show that has was, a cuss word in it. Yeah, that was written in how he talks too. But so, yeah, we're like very Ooh. loud. That was like the first mainstream television show that's title that I that I can remember. First one that stru- that popped out to me is having a cuss word in the official title of a show. But now, now we're now we're at Kevin can go fuck himself. <laughs> ah, the quaint days of being. Ooh, he said, "Damn, the best, best damn sports show ever." Buried question. Ever. ever. Speaking of sports, my team uh, is tied up, third round, three to three, with uh, with uh, the Can- Can- Canadians or the Habs as they're called. Which I actually had to look up why they're called the Habs. Are they no longer called Canucks? Or is that uh, the other team? No, that's a different team. Yeah. You know, tomato, tomato. It has something to do with French farmers of the area, La Habitants. But, yes. Oh, uh, so we're coming back to Vegas tomorrow. Fleury was not in the game yesterday. They had Leonard in. Well, Leonard stunk up the ice the first uh, time he played against the Avs, and we lost 7-1. Yeah, bastard. But what's interesting, so this guy is a really interesting cat. Uh, he suffers from mental illness openly. Mental illness is the root. He's of also had uh, some drug problems, but he said, "What I did is I took a separate bus to the uh, the Bell Arena four hours early, and for two hours I sat there, and he went through Twitter and all the, and look at all the bad comments and used that as fuel. There you go. So he only let one goal, one one goal or one puck go by of twenty eight yesterday. Uh, they completely outshot us." But we tied it up uh, in overtime. Actually, we tied it up third period and won in overtime. So that's that's awesome. So uh, and what's interesting is the Canucks was, or sorry, the Canadians was only 18th best in the league, and we were in the top. So they've they've completely erased some other higher ranked teams on their way in. They're kind of like the uh, the unexpected, right? Yeah, and that's the thing with hockey. It's now was this year an abbreviated se- abbreviated yes. season or we, okay? So 54 well, games, and you only played within your your four or five team deal. So you didn't get to play any of the other teams. And I was going to say, even with an abbreviated season, um, there's still a lot more games than a lot of other games, uh, you know, other sports have games per season. And that just goes to show you if enough of your uh, first line gets injured um, late into the season, things can turn around or, and, or if let's say you start out the season where your main line was kind of on injured reserve, played as the second line, and your second line was carrying the primary. But now, even though your second line did such a superior job, now that maybe the first line has gotten healthier, now you got that extra boost on the backside of the season. Mm-hmm. And so if, if your second and third line can bring you into that far into the season and then your first line gets healthy, comes back from injury or whatever, from a bad season before, bad training, that can just carry on through. And so it's so interesting to see. And not to mention, I think one of the crazier things that sets hockey apart from the other sports is at some point during the history of talk, I was going to say talk, the history of hockey, uh, the boys are sitting around the pond, eh? Having a swill. Give your paws a tug. Oh, I can't even do Shorzy right now. My voice is killing me. And they said, hey, uh, you know what makes things a little more interesting? Let's do a mid-season trade. Let's just go ahead and trade up some guys mid-season. Let's shuffle up the board a little. Yeah, it's like baseball, football, soccer, they do it. I mean, Maybe soccer may have a mid-season trade. I'm not sure, but hockey definitely does. You're like, wait a minute, what, 
we're only halfway in the season. Now we're having like a midseason trade. We just lost two of our lineups for a new goalie. What what the hell's going on here? Oh and, yeah, well actually something interesting. So since they brought Leonard on at the end of actually uh, postseason last year, and then we went into the trade season before the season started, everyone's like, they said they're going to sign a five million dollar multi year, uh, five million dollar whatever million dollar year multi year de- deal with Leonard, and this guy's a monster. And, uh, and then everybody's like, well, what's going to happen with Flurry? You know, what's going to happen with Flurry? They brought him in. And word, rumor has it, or some of the articles I read is he was actually, the Pens wanted him back. Oh, they I'm sure. Back, our, our, team, both. our team yeah. bit a dick as soon as we got rid of I never understood why we traded him. He had a couple of bad seasons, bad runs. I mean, he's, I tell you what, this playoff season, he's been fantastic, but there were two really stupid mistakes he made. And I think that's why Leonard went in because he just – been tired he's probably wore out he's talked about with his age his legs are feeling kind of heavy these days well it's funny you brought that up i was gonna say um you know a lot of people often talk and joke about you know when they made the movie cocoon half the people their elders were only 60 and 70 and they were portrayed as being elders and we kind of looked at people you know in their 60s as being elders then thus for making 40s and 50s grandpa were you around when the dinosaurs were on the earth well and thus making 40 and 50 you know old but now it's interesting to see with the advancement in medical technology um the way people you know are staying younger longer now it's interesting you're seeing and hockey's always had it but even more now you're starting to see these cats playing baseball and football too they're more and more cats are playing into their late 30s early mid 40s and it's it's like oh yeah cool 40 is the new 20 and we're seeing that now on the sports side too because sports medicine, fitness, we're getting diets dialed down that we hear these experts say, you know, um, one diet may not work for you because now we're finding that it's some genome in your gut that you may, your body may respond to this diet better than this diet, even though this, you know, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like we're using science and computers to dial in athletes' bodies and their diets to the best of what they need for their particular selves. And it's insane. I tell you what, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to take the gene. I see how much it costs to take the. Get your uh, gut dug. Well, not my gut dug, but there's actually genetic testing you can take. They'll tell you what is the best uh, way for your you to eat. You sure. Know, to lose the weight and be at your best, but I'm not there yet on doing that. But um, no, it was interesting. Uh, just watching watching the season this year because what was really crazy is they ended up being like four or five divisions and. So in the best case scenario in a regular year, we would play the Pens for the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. But it would have worked out if the Pens made it far enough, we would be playing them now before the Stanley Cup. You know, Tampa Bay... Goes back to normal next year. Yeah, Tampa Bay dropped a big curd in my respect level for them. Now, are they your second team? Or well, they're team? my home team. Um, you know, obviously the Penguins are my team, but if I want to see a hockey game... Um, I got to go to either Tampa Bay or Miami. I will say Miami's cheaper because, well, the demographic, there's less people in Miami interested in hockey than there are in Tampa. But with that being said, Amelie Arena is fucking fantastic. It's the nicest arena I've ever been to, and Tampa Bay puts on a good team. I will say with all that, I say this, a huge disappointment. And Carrie and I both like, what the actual fuck? When we saw this on TikTok, guy was recording first person. Him and his son were Miami fans. And they got tickets to the playoffs when Tampa Bay was playing Miami, right? Correct. And so the kid was in the crowd with his dad. And they were up near uh, the bar, I guess, or one of the restaurants. And they were told that they could not wear their 
Panthers jersey. I heard about this. And then it got to the point where now they're down in their seats and like personnel from the office came up and basically did not want Panthers jerseys in the crowd to be on TV and was telling them that they had to remove their Panthers gear mm-hmm. and either wear the t-shirt underneath and or if they didn't have one to go down to the gift shop and buy like a cheap Tampa Bay t-shirt. It's like, what the actual F? I read a quick article on that. It sounds like uh, the arena and or some of the organization, they got their hands slapped by the oh. NHL. That's a no-no, especially like here. We get more, we probably get more of the opposing team than any other arena out there just because of the type of city we are. And not only that, uh, but do you want your viewers at home to think your crowd's nothing but a bunch of homers? I mean, yeah. you like the idea of other team, other fans being there to give so the guess, away guess team much, support. Uh, four decent seat tickets to the playoffs run at T-Mobile Arena right now? Um, Four decent. I'm going to say 800 starting. Over two grand. Because um, when I worked for the radio station, one of our listeners offered up. He couldn't go. He had some season tickets, or he, he got tickets to Tampa Bay, and Stan wasn't able to go, so he gave them to me. Me and Carrie went. And we were seventh row off the ice behind the behind the uh, stand of the benches, which is fantastic. Oh, that's that's like being on the 50-yard line in, and in a uh, football from, game. From being somebody who, had, at this point, had only experienced uh, Everblades games where you're at Jermaine Arena, now Hertz Arena, which basically has the um, acoustics of a gymnasium, and everything is just so loud and echoey, you can't even hear the PA system, to being in a professional-grade, acoustic-designed hockey arena where it's so quiet you feel like no one's in the crowd and you can actually hear the wave come around. Like I mean, the cheering coming around the arena like an audible version of the wave. You can hear it coming. Mm-hmm. And being that close on the ice and the speed and everything. But I think when we looked, those tickets were like somewhat like $140 a piece that we had gotten. Yeah. And then we bought, Carrie wanted to see her beloved LA Kings at the time when they came to town. And so we went and we bought tickets. But yeah, they were, they were pretty, they're like $80 a piece. And we weren't even, in that, we were like, 20th row back but yeah they're they're expensive on a regular regular season tell you we got with martinez we got a hell of a guy from the kings i don't want to scare the way the rest of our audience with hot hockey talk um we're going to take the tiktok lesson of the week more into a long drawn out debate because someone had issue and i'm I'm going to be nice to someone because it's someone someone i follow and someone follows me back so we were quote unquote friends on tiktok but he wanted to take issue with um, a TikTok I did this morning, which is completely take, fine. He, he takes some umbrage. Yep. So let me just. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Now, this is a stitch that I did to a guy who was laying out the steps of why and what may cause a civil war. Are you ready for civil war? Congress passes a series of laws limiting free speech and gun rights. Question for those of you talking civil war, being prepared for civil war. Let me ask you a question. What is your definition of civil war? Because if it's not getting up off your couch, walking on your front porch, blasting a few rounds down the street, and then going back inside, regardless if you have a plate carrier and what sort of weapon you're using, nobody in this country is prepared for civil war. I think currently 42% of the people in this country are considered obese and overweight. Hell, half of y'all can't even walk a mile without needing the assistance of a bunch of liquids and fluids because you're dehydrated or you're underhydrated. The only people prepared in this country to fight a civil war are going to be people who just finished fire school, police academy, college track students, 
or people who just got home from participating in real war. We are way too fat, way too lazy, and way too pampered to even be... Ran out of time. Now, keep in mind, I'm addressing this, this to the people who are talking civil war, right, left, or, or otherwise. Not the general public, just the people who kind of, ooh, you know, we know those nuts are out there, right? And so here, yes. here was his response, and then I'll get your response before I respond to his response. Are you ready for civil war? Congress passes a series of laws limiting free speech and gun rights. All right, look, dude. You said something this. about you know people being obese and everything else, but that's got nothing to do with it. If you're willing to pick up arms and fight for what you believe in, it's all that matters. I promise you, people will pick up arms and they will defend themselves from tyranny. I myself being one of them. I've been to combat. The last time I checked, even though there's a military standard, being a little overweight ain't got nothing to do with it. If you can shoot straight and you cannot smart your enemy, it's all you need. Now, please, don't take this as any kind of disrespect or or anything like that. I'm an avid follower of yours. I respect you a lot. Uh, you make a lot of sense, but uh, yeah, don't don't trample on people because they want to stand up and fight especially if they're willing to sacrifice their life to defend our principles. Now, before I respond to that, I'll give you a chance to respond to what I said. Maybe you disagree with what I said. Okay. Um, got a couple of things. Okay. Number one, I am out of shape. Mm -hmm. Number two, I, 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 but he does have a point, but I think the point is more driven on, on if it, uh, and a God hope it doesn't ever get to that point. No, me neither. But, as I had jokingly say, I'd be in the rear with the gear. You're going to have a, a, depending on your fitness level, you're going to have a different, you know, it's going to, I think it's going to drive what position you'll be in. And you're not necessarily going to be a scout. You're not necessarily going to be on the front line. And I don't have any military experience. I do listen to a lot of people who, who have, and that's one of the things they discuss it is you've got to be in shape. I mean, you got to be able to run. You've got to be able to dive. You got to be able to, you know, be quiet. Uh, there's a multitude of things. So he is, but he's not wrong. It just, I think, uh, you know, if things do fall apart, I know where I'll be. Uh, not necessarily going for the glory, but, uh, you know, being where I uh, have best served, it'd probably be building bases and running the electrical for it, to be quite honest. But uh, that's, that's about it, you know, would I have an art, you know. Well, and, and that's kind of you. You touched a little bit on what I was going for. Granted, I only had a minute to get there. Unless I now I do. If I pre-record a video, I can do three minutes. But I, I did that in my car in a minute. What I was getting at, without trying to be extremely mean, I know it came off a little harsh, but it, it needs to be. And once again, I was addressing those people who were kind of on both sides, ooh, getting a little excited over the the horrible concept of this, you know, thing coming to bear. But my whole point, as you touched on, look. If jogging to the end of your street and back, you're winded, how are you going to fare if you're crouched down in a, in a squat position behind cover for 15, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever? You're outside in the heat, and then the enemy comes and shit pops off. If you get winded running to your mailbox and back, how are you going to run to cover and not get fucking shot? So my whole point wasn't that you know overweight people can't be patriotic and overweight people can't stand and defend themselves i'm literally saying kind of what you were saying that other people are saying if you truly believe that there is a possibility minute or not to the fact that you're kind of quote unquote planning for it 
um, perhaps you need to make sure that your get want, your fitness level up. Yes, um, I. I've been. I'm, I, I'm trying to be vague about this so that I don't offend people that I know. But I've been to enough events, whether it's a tactical event out in the woods where guys are carrying a real weapon and 80 rounds of ammo, two quarts of water, haversacks, where they get a half a mile into it and we're just playing make believe and they're winded and we're stopping, crouching, proning, getting up, doing that 30 times in a, under a half a mile. They're fucking winded. That if you were in a real life situation where the enemy was shooting back, yes, um, there's a lot of people who, you know, a majority of our population, myself included, we're not, you know, it's rough. I've been to enough obstacle course races where someone who thought with their friend, hey, you know what would be a good idea? Let's both sign up for this race. We're going to do it early, so we're only paying $80. And so we have four months to train. And now they're out just jogging in dirt and mud not even gotten to an obstacle yet just jogging through the woods at their pace that's comfortable to them where they don't even get to the first obstacle and they're literally bent over huffing and puffing and this is something you assume they have been planning for for months and because as i've said on here people see things with their eyes and it's been so long since they've been young kids that they've been doing active things that they don't realize and even in my last Savage Race video, you'll hear me say, holy shit, I thought I was in shape. But every time I get out here, I realize how out of shape I am. So even me, who goes a month and a half into training for an obstacle course, I get out there in a real world environment with the heat. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm, I'm dying. So that was kind of my whole point. for. And, and, and the whole thing I was kind of even saying for myself in the rear with gear, because I know you're going to have the admin side, you're going to have the operations mm-hmm. side. You're going to have the guys planning things. Again... Hopefully this never happens, but those are going to be your guys out of the military who's got the experience, Mm -hmm. got the know-how, has Mm -hmm. been in the shit for way too effing long. Because things are going to be moving too fast to be teaching Johnny Civilian how things need to go. And I tell you what, I'm glad the world ain't falling apart because it's been 115 degrees out here. God, the world would suck (laughs) without AC. Tell me about it. I've been out on (laughs) kayaks for the past couple days, and it's been 94, 95 degrees. But no, just to get back, just real quick. So, no, I wasn't judging people's patriotic duty and their desire to fight. I was physically talking about their desi- how what their longevity would be due to the poor physical fitness of 42% of the people in this country if shit popped off. And so before you get too excited about, ooh, I'm getting ready for the Civil War, which is fucking insane to even have that thought, but my whole point being is before you get too excited, you need to check yourself before you literally fucking wreck yourself because... If you can't fucking duck dive like it's goddamn dodgeball and they said dodge twice and the enemy's shooting fucking back at you, man, it's different than going to the goddamn gun range and sitting fucking on a firing line. That's That exactly. was my point. It's, uh, it's been a, probably almost a year since they've been shooting, and I, I do want to get out there. If I could find, scrape up some money, I'd actually like to take some tactical classes where you're yeah. moving. You know, but that and, was and, my whole point. Yeah, but yeah it's no, you're, you're, you're right, but. Because I've seen it. In, speaking of weight these days, and I'm a, speaking as a fat guy, people get a little sensitive. You know, well, they they don't want to connect the dots and and think about realistic issues. You know, that's why I've been going doing my medical stuff so I can see what I can do and get back into to continue this journey on my weight loss because I've gained about half of it back. And, and to his point, um, a happy. Uh, Thank you for the happy Father's Day, Amanda. And what's up, John Kraft? Uh, now, I'll put a final point on this. And to his point about chubby people in the military, yes, these are chubby people in the military who've survived boot camp, who have um, acclimated their body and to the regular stress. 
And if you've made it through that physical fitness and you're out there humping all that gear and your body's maintained that quote unquote overweightness, that just means your body can perform at the level which it needs to perform and still not burn through enough calories that, you know, but obviously if you've made it that far, you can still perform at the function required being overweight. I'm talking about Johnny fucking Steve who hasn't gotten off his ass in 18 years getting up going outside and fucking ending up dead because he had a little too much overestimation in his physical fitness that's all and, and he's used to playing far too much uh, yeah Call of Duty. yeah you know and, and a thing i've seen that's been getting popular is rucking yep that's a uh, cool thing and that is a cool thing and i've actually considered starting to do a little rucking once i make sure my back is good because i've got mountains well let me give you a suggestion and this goes for anybody especially I've got backpacks well and that's actually i was going to suggest the other way um rucking with a backpack that's hardcore and that and truthfully that's more realistic because the whole rucking thing is supposed to be like a rucksack in the military but if you have a bad back and you still want to get into rucking um rucking also applies to whether it's weighted plate carriers designed specifically for the gym or you putting weighted plates in your plate carrier but by putting it in a vest you're distributing the weight on your front and back and you put the same amount of weight and so that way you're not leaning back this way stressing your abs and your low back or you're not leaning forward the weight's distributing so you can still get that weight and and put less risk on your lower back is what i'm getting at so if you're wanting to rock and you have a bad back instead of loading down a backpack it's going to pull you this way and pull your shoulders back perhaps look into the carrier route or the weighted vest route that's my only suggestion because i have one and during the spartan race anywhere or sorry savage race anywhere cobra i got all once again Perfect example for those guys I offended with that TikTok. I said, ooh, okay, I've done three savage races. I've ran a half marathon. I got a 10K under my belt. I got six or seven 5Ks. I'm going to do this. Put on my ruck for the very first time, 20 pounds. I get out there, okay, I'm going to run six miles. My choices are three miles or six miles. I got my trail shoes on. It's just like a savage race. Gordon, I got a quarter and a mile into it. And I said, holy fuck, I'm only going to do three miles if I'm lucky. Despite so all my training. Scratch, the, the record scratched yes. that tune right at a quarter mile. Huh? Because once again, in our mind, when we're sitting on the couch, we're on the internet ordering a shit, we have a over expectation of what our body, body can physically do. And here's somebody who's done OCRs, who's done races, as I just listed all the bullshit off. And my ego's big. Oh, what? I've lost 30 pounds. What is it? Put 20 pounds on here. Not a big deal. Holy fuck, I'm dying. And you can see it on my YouTube video. I'm like, uh, uh, it's up there. You guys can go look. I've got my camera like, holy God, I, I'm, a tw- I'm a quarter mile into this. I got to run a half a mile, then do 50 air squats, and then run half a mile, and do. F- Dude, I was fucking dying. Did you make it through? I made it through, but my PR sucked. My normal did running. You do full six miles or three? I did three. No way in hell I could do six miles. I'm running in sand with 30 pounds on me. My ego said, Ooh, I'm going to do six miles. This will be easy. I lost 30 pounds. So I should. No, I, I suffered. I I'm s- so surprised you didn't walk the last three. I suffered. Well, I suffered three miles. Now I have since gone back and I have ran three with mm-hmm. the weighted vest on on concrete, which is a little different. And without doing the 50 air squats is different, but still my normal pace running a five, uh, 5k around my house, not in a race, just my normal out exercising pace is either not between a nine forty or a ten thirty, depending on how my ankles feel. When I had that weighted vest on, I think I ran a 14. That means a 14 minute mile opposed to my normal nine minute, 30 second mile. And it's just, once again, your body's like, oh, I can do this. And then the realism comes and smacks you in the face. But no, it's definitely worth doing. And that's kind of why more and more people are doing it because your people who are consecutive runners, 
okay, I'm getting older. I'm not going to get any faster. Three miles, five miles, six miles, getting kind of easy. Well, you slap that 17 pounds on you, and now you feel like you just started running again, and it's a good way to change a routine up. So, no, and rucking doesn't necessarily mean running. It just means No, walking. it just means walking, I, exactly. You know, and, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that is uh, kind of where I'm at. Yeah, no, definitely check the rucking out. I would just suggest that if you have a bad back, I think your 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 likelihood to risk injury would be lessened when you have the weight distributed over your body. There's a couple of milestones I'm looking to hit before I start that. Um, one of is consistency back on the gym and on the stair climber. And then the other one is, is I want to cut another 30, 40 pounds before I really can start doing that. But uh, no, um, Puck... By the way... Oh, real quick, just before you change the ruck subject, Savage Race actually has a three-mile ruck where you can do their race course with the backpack on. Um, I have, Are you considering doing this? Well, I entertained it, but here's the rub. Um, the vest, you got a Velcro, take the side off, and I think you're allowed when rucking, when you're going over the monkey bars and shit, anything that has like eight feet of water below you, I don't think it's frowned upon for you to leave the 30... <laughs> 30 pound sack of potatoes on the on the bank and then pick it up after you get over the obstacle and i was thinking it might be too tedious drowning yeah it may be too <laughs> tedious to take that vest off go over put it back on whereas a backpack you just drop it run back do the monkey you know do sawtooth and go pick it back up um you know obviously going up but i've long story short i've entertained it but i don't know logistically how much of a pain in the ass would be to continuously take this vest off on four of the obstacles that have you know, water that could possibly take you down to Davy Jones locker. That or do they have any vests that are a quick release and quick it, you know? Oh, this is quick. I mean, it's just Velcro and well, it it, it has a quick release strap, but I think if you do it three or four times, I don't know. I may do it, but it's just, yeah. Morgan Long says, did way too many rocks. I pay for it every day. Uh, By the way, Morgan, I did get your message. I replied to your email. Uh, Morgan got a new Jeep, and he wants some new free OG5 and Digital 410 stickers. And I replied to the email, but if you didn't see it, Morgan, my reply was this, and this goes for anybody. If you go to d-410.com, click on the Contact Us link, and you'll see the address for our P.O. box. Send a self-addressed envelope to that P.O. box, and I will send you free stickers. So here's the secret. The bigger the envelope, the bigger the sticker. With these vinyl stickers, I don't want to fold them in half. They'll be creased. And so if you send me a legal letter envelope, you're going to get a small sticker that fits inside that envelope. You're sending me a bigger vanilla one, if you know what I'm saying. I can put bigger stickers in there and send them to you. So the larger they... Now, don't send me like some freaking uh, publisher's clearinghouse four foot by four foot. My cricket's not that big. But, you know, if you want something bigger than, you know, a business card... He's a good size. Yeah, send me a, a, a larger envelope inside of another larger envelope and I will and with you put maybe two stamps on it just to be sure and I'll shove a bunch I'll cut you some stickers what and shove them in there. What if they sent you a large envelope inside that's a smaller envelope inside that's a smaller envelope so on Then and I'll so forth. return them a sticker the size of a postage stamp depending on how serious they want to get with this ruse of theirs. <laughs> Look, I don't know if you guys hey, can see Hey, the tacos this. in the shop. Uh, I was going to say oh, let me see. Hold on, he's getting fussy. He's standing on the chair. He's, yep, fish belly white, and he's showing off his Jesus Christ, dude. I've been you spending so much. No, something? I've been spending so much time in the kayak. The top of my legs are like dark. The behind now the legs. You do are, use sunscreen, right? I use sunscreen, and then um, 
what I do, I have one of those fishing shirts with the hoods on it that I actually, it's funny, I bought it at Bell's Outlet for like $9.99 and said, mark down for $49. bucks." am like, yeah, whatever, this thing's cheap. Went on YouTube and there's a professional fisherman on his bass boat sponsored by Berkeley and he has the same exact shirt. I'm like, hey, there's my shirt I got for half price. Um, but So I wear that now because that has the hood on it, keep, gets you out of the sun. But what I usually do is I'll wear uh, shorts for a day or two and then when I get sunburned, I have these super light khaki pants that I bought for a beach wedding. They're probably a little too fancy to be on a kayak, but how many beach weddings are you going to go to? And so they're like a... Something you'd buy in vacation in Bahamas. In six months, Don's going to get an <laughs> invitation for. And a I'll beach be wearing my my khaki beach wedding pants with fish guts on. But so no, I wear those because they're like, they're borderline. I mean, they're, they're truly something you'd find like people wearing down at a vacation resort in like the Bahamas or you know it's khaki at their pants, but they're super light. And so I'll wear those in the kayak too. So I switch back and forth. But no, um, and then. We Saturday I had to go to a kid's birthday party with with a uh, inflatable water slide. Not an inflatable uh, unicorn. No, I pulled one of those out of the canal. Um, but inflatable pull, uh, inflatable slide, um, which slide, was, which was pointed out to me that this year's slide was shorter than last year's birthday slide because, well, back to my previous conversation that kind of annoyed people. Last year's slide was a little too hard for people to climb up. They got a little winded. Going up like 10 feet? Climbing. Well, to give a little credit where credit's due on these slides, they're inflatable, and the ladder is nothing more than a foothold. And when you're an adult, you got to put your foot sideways. But, like, even Nugget is, like, she's telling me, she's like, her whole body hurts because she climbed up this thing probably 300 times. I told Karis, so basically, Sariana's feeling like I feel two days after a Savage Race. The only difference is she's just climbing up a ladder and sliding down into a pool all day long. No pity from Dad. But, yeah, so um, I spent all day in a, a driveway Saturday and got more sun. I almost won a game of uh, horseshoes. When's the last time you've thrown a horseshoe? Nine. Sorry, correction. Two thousand and. Three. Yes, Morgan Long is correct. Soldiering is a young man's game. That's kind of my other point, too. But it, I don't sleep on a good game of horseshoes. Every time I go to her family's house and we throw some shoes, I could have Tim to go out and buy me some rebars of horseshoes and set up a, a pit in my backyard, but I know I'll never use them. Oh, no. I mean, I thought horseshoes was replaced by cornhole. And by the oh, way... Oh, we had both. Do you call it cornhole or bags? We call it cornhole because we're in a dirty south. Now, I remember the first There's time. There's no corn down there. I know, but cornhole started up in the Midwest. First time I actually yes. heard it is when our cousins in Kentucky were talking about it. And of course. You want to go play cornhole? And of course, being. What weird shit are you into? I was going to say, of course, being someone who grew up in the 90s w- listening to Beefs and Butthead, cornhead, cornhole had a completely different connotation to our generation. So the first time I heard somebody playing cornhole, I was like, ugh, what the fuck is that? Was she hot? <laughs> um, happy Father's Day to you guys. We had a sad beginning to Father's Day here at the Abernathy household. Uh, we got home around 9 from the all-day Saturday birthday party. And I was tired, and I was going to get up Sunday morning and go out fishing for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Which I don't have to get into because the water was 94 degrees. It was too hot, and we went out twice. And yeah, but what time? What, what, what's, what's the maximum temperature to actually catch fish well 
I've been doing some research. I'm actually going to have a guy on from a fishing podcast next week if anybody's interested. But long story short, uh, the hotter it gets, the deeper you got to fish. But mm-hmm. our lake here in our neighborhood, it's seven feet max. And so those, because the hotter the water gets, the oxygen level breaks down on the surface and they go deeper. But anyhow. Um, but up until this weekend, we've gone out almost every night and catch a bare minimum of three to four bass a day. And plus so the tilapia I caught it. in. And but then like the last three days, and we even went out tonight on the bank. We didn't want to unload the kayak, but we went out on the two streets over before the show and Carrie bought caught one little tiny little bass. And so even tonight was was a wash. But um I don't have to get into that all that but anyhow, so that was our Father's Day plan and it and it changed and it didn't matter because my whole I invited dad over, but something came up and he couldn't come, which it, it turns out would have been a good thing anyhow, because I was stoked to, I was like, well, I know I can get him on some bass because we pull him out every day, but no, there was no, and it wasn't even us. We, we talked to like four or five other people who've been out, there, oh, I was right here four hours and caught one. So no, the water temperature is just way too goddamn hot. They it was a good biting. thing he didn't go because then exactly. he would really just running from him. Um, but back to my point. So at 1230 at night, Nugget comes in. We lost a pet. Now, Reese Cup the guinea pig had crossed the rainbow bridge and was found laying in the bottom of her cage, which we just buried her tonight. I know I live in Cape Coral. I'm not supposed to admit to that. But yeah, we. How we stinky her. was she starting to get? Oh, I put her in the freezer. I know better than that. No, I put her in the freezer that night. Um, Yeah, I wasn't going to deal with it in the middle of Father's Day. So we took care of that today. But yeah, we I buried her and then put a patio stone over top of her to keep an animal from digging her up. But yeah, so that's that. That means the next, the other one may not be long for the world. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's no good. We're well, gonna try something new here on the What's in Your Head podcast. So bear with us for you guys yeah, streaming. Yeah, no more Don Downer. No. <laughs> um. Hold tight. I'm gonna mute Gordon. Um. So Carrie and I have been fishing a lot, as we just said. But one of the things we were getting kind of shocked by was the amount of pollution in the canals. And then Norton amount. Carrie pulled up a industrial plastic bag. It was like something you'd have mulch in. Nugget thought she caught her first fish. It was a t-shirt. I pulled fishing line out tonight. But it got to the point where I've even found, and you guys have seen it in the YouTube video, um, an inflatable unicorn pool float that probably blew off somebody's lanai or off their above-ground pool. And 30-gallon trash cans, yada, yada, yada. And so I was kind of half joking with Carrie. I said, hey, we got this tandem kayak. I wonder if I can get a reporter out here. And she's like, why would anybody want to come out here? Why would they send somebody out here? I'm like, well, because reporters are basically content creators and they're just looking for new fresh ideas all the time. Just like as a podcaster, if someone were to send us a fresh idea, if it's anything remotely good, we'd probably take it up on it. Hint, hint. Info at d-410.com. Real quick. Yep. Were you under the impression that Cape Coral was actually a somewhat clean area until you hit the waterways? Well, and he didn't really use this in his interview, but what I told him was, at the beginning of the interview, I said, as a non-retired Florida resident, most of us focus on going to work, getting our kids in school, feeding our family, maybe doing a little extracurricular activity, rinse and repeat. And if you're not a boater, if you're not a fisherman, a kayak, you know, we here in Florida as residents who aren't retired, we take our surroundings for granted. Most of us who are residents down here who aren't retired, who don't have family coming out of town, we probably haven't been to the beach in four to six months. We don't ever go down there. The mo- yeah. yeah, we're just living life. The only time we see water is when we're crossing the bridge, unless we have a boat, a jet ski. 
but that's a very small number compared to how many people live down here. And so I've been down here since 2004, and I've only been on the water twice, and that was out on the rivers. I've lived in this neighborhood for almost eight years now, and never once been out in the canals until I got these kayaks. And so I was a little surprised, yes, on the amount of just street debris, trash, and bullshits floating around in these canals. And so I sent an email over to NBC. Actually, I just hit up one of their main anchors on Facebook. You want up here? And I pitched Sorry, we have a puppy idea. break. And I pitched him my idea. My, the, the anchor said, well, do you have any photos? I said, I'll do you one better. I'll send you links to my YouTube channel with timestamps. You can go right to the timestamp and send them one. We're kayaking, and you can see a mattress off a lanai chair floating down the river. Um, trash, anyhow. So they said, we're interested. We'll come out. And nowadays, because the news is much like radio, they're competing with other sources. The days of having a news anchor and a cameraman that you need to outfit are long gone. It's just a news anchor with his iPhone, his own personal CRL camera, and a fucking GoPro sitting on the front of your kayak, and there you go. So it's not like you're trying to get a whole film crew out there. It's just you and another guy. So it's not any different than shooting a YouTube video, really. And there was a chance for you to use, and Bob's your uncle. Yep. And Bob's your uncle. And so anyhow, we're going to try something different. And here we go. Um, we're going to switch to here. And I'm going to try to play for you guys the story. And you guys can hear this. And I have a follow-up to it. And if you live within a block of a canal, it just blows into the canal after a while. Meet Don Abernathy. He's new to the kayak fishing game and even likes to take his daughter out from time to time. But his experiences out on the canals of Northeast Cape haven't been what you'd expect. Um, my daughter thought she caught her first fish the other day. She reeled in a t-shirt. So today, he took me out to see firsthand the trash that makes its way in here. And the amount of pollution, trash, yard waste that's in the canals is just staggering. It's mind-blowing. In less than half a mile from where we launched at Lake Mead, we'd already found enough trash to capsize the kayak if we tried to pick it up. I mean, am I supposed to put a 30-gallon trash can on my kayak? Like a kid's bike completely submerged. Yeah, let it go. Nothing we can do. But even stranger... An inflatable rainbow unicorn. I'm starting to wonder if maybe the public service announcement industry's died out. I'm starting to wonder if maybe people don't realize, oh, when I throw this trash bag out the window, it'll probably end up in a canal. Today, the city said the rainy season is when trash finds its way into canals, and they'll send crews out to clean out weirs. But for specific problem spots, they ask that you call 311. We need kayakers to clean canals up here in the bush on your left. There's more debris. Reporting in Cape Coral, Alex Howard, NBC2. And if you live within a block of a canal, it just blows into the canal after a while. Meet Don Abernathy. Oh, now we got He's new to the kayak going. fishing game. I apologize. He even likes to take his daughter out from time to time. Oh, but his experiences guys. out on the canals of Northeast Cape have been I'm trying to figure out where the loop comes from. No, I apologize. Caught her first fish the other day. It was she going so well. So today, he took me out so, to see firsthand so the trash well. that makes its way oh, in oh, here. I got, see, this is why we need a producer. Track. I need a producer in here who can control this stuff. And so all that happened, right? And so we went out, Carrie and I went, I didn't even watch the news. I set the DVR. We went out fishing that night and I caught a huge tilapia, which was surprising, but it was another one of these days where we're out. This is kind of the start of the, the dead season. We went to all these new spots, didn't catch anything. And so we went back to my honey hole, right where um, I do most of my YouTube videos. And that's where we caught the tilapia and a few bass. 
So keep in mind, I did a news. I was out on the water earlier that day for like an hour when a quarter of a mile found all this trash. <laughs> we go out fishing. And as we're coming back, now, let me back up a little bit. So it's like 7 o'clock, right? And some kids come in, they put a wave runner in. Now, Lake Mead is, it's a lake, tops out at 6 feet deep. Not to be confused with the Lake Mead out here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the length of five football fields, maybe the width of four. It's not a huge lake by any means. I can paddle across it in a kayak in four and a half minutes. So you can imagine what a... A modern-day way runner doing 65 mile an hour, how fast it'll get across. And then there's about four miles worth of canals. Most of them are probably no wake. They're just not marked. But anyhow, these cats are out here. And so to drop a wave runner in on this lake would be like taking a crotch rocket out to the mall's parking lot. Yeah, you can spin some circles, do some donuts, but you're not going to get a whole lot done. Time you get up to speed, you got to slam on the brakes. Mm-hmm. And so they're going back and switching off and on at the boat dock. And at some point, they decide, hey, we need to ride tandem. The only problem was only one of them had a life jacket. They bought one jet ski and one life jacket. And there's two of them now riding tandem on this thing. And the driver doesn't have a life jacket on. I'm thinking, you fucking idiot. You fall off that thing doing 60 mile an hour without a life jacket in a lake that I know has alligators because I have marked them on my goddamn depth finder and they are huge. But anyhow. So they I actually just, look like alligators on your depth finder. Well, it's oh, just lumps. big, long, and red. So it was either an alligator or the biggest school of fish in Lake Mead. One of the two. I haven't confirmed it's an alligator, but so far it, it had to be or it was a huge piece of debris. But anyhow, so we caught this tilapia. Now it's like 830. It's getting dark. And we're paddling back. And I turn around and I see taillights and headlights. I'm like, is that a car in the canal? And we look, and the young cats on the jet ski, who are like 24, 25, apparently when you get down to buy a jet ski, the salesman will tell you whatever it takes to get that thing off the lot, including that a 2020, 2019 Nissan Maxima is a perfectly good vehicle for towing wave runners. What well, sure, it's good. Oh, I'm sure that blew its tow rating. It's perfectly good to tow it from the parking lot of the wave runner store to your fucking driveway. But now you put in a, what, 25-degree grade dirt, mud, boat ramp that's not paved. And you have the weight of the water holding the trailer down in, in, the, in said submerged water. And most of the time, unless you have a super long neck on your trailer, you're going to have to get your rear tires wet. You and I know that because we used to have a Wave Runner and a Chevy S10. But from what I... Uh, Thank God the truck never ended up in the drink. Mm-hmm. So apparently, from what he told the police, because we were packing up our kayak when they got there, which is another sad story. Um, he was banking down. The rear tire started, or the front front wheel drive front tire started spinning, and he just slid on back in. At least that's his story. Uh, when Dave the Waterman was part of the show, he used to work tow truck, and he got called out on two different issues. And a lot of times, apparently, this is a good vehicle for um, insurance fraud, where people will, quote, unquote, have boat ramp accidents and sink their cars to file insurance claims. Sorry, all my guns were in my trunk. So the cops were very suspicious, and, well, their first concern was anybody else in the car. But anyhow, rewind a little bit. So we're paddling back, and on TikToks, this thing's floating. One thing I've learned for people who watch movies and they see cars go over bridges or cars fly into canals, this isn't Hollywood. Cars do not sink fast. <laughs> Unless you're driving an older car or maybe a car with a bent door jam. Um, 
Oh, the seals on modern cars are fantastic. Just put it this way. If you're in your car and your kid rolls down the back window a half an inch and you feel like your head's going to fucking explode because you get that and you have to crack your window to, to level out the vacuum. The buffeting, yeah. If that's your car, it's going to float for at least 15 minutes. So if you somehow find yourself driving off a bridge or into a canal, don't panic. Don't open the doors. Unroll the window climb out and swim your way to safety. This fucking car was floating for 15 minutes before it was sitting at the bottom of the seven foot canal headlights on taillights on. And it, when, if you go watch our video, when we pull up next to it, the engines under the, the trunk and the living core, the cab That's is, the ab- is above yeah. water. And the poor driver is on the phone with 911 trying to explain to him where, where we're at. And she's like, were the windows open or closed? Windows were open. So even with the windows open, this thing still floated for 15 minutes. Unibody design. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Once again, unless you have got T bone in your door or your B pillars bent, as long as you're, like I said, you crack that window and your head's going to suck out your asshole from the vacuum, then your, your car's watertight and it's going to sink very slowly. But he's got her on speaker and she's like, sir, I need to know the address. And I'm like, it's Lake Mead. It's the only boat ramp on Lake Mead. It took 911 15 minutes to figure out where he was. And once again, Dave, when he worked on the show, he's actually pulled, I think, two trucks out of that very same boat ramp. So it's not unheard of for this to happen. But she's like, I need cross streets. It's like corner of Kismet and Del Prado. It's blah, blah, blah. But by the time the cops finally got there in the fire department, not that it would have mattered because the tow truck wasn't there. But yeah, it, it floated for a good 15 minutes. Now, only thing I'm curious about, and I'd like to see, because you read up on a lot of cars, I don't know if he popped the trunk in anticipation of loading life jack, life jack it, because he didn't have two, or if the air pressure, or is there a safety feature built into cars? The reason I bring this up is by the time this thing got underwater, the trunk had popped. Is there a safety feature built in the trunk locks that if enough vacuum force is created, it'll pop in case someone's in the back of it? It's a good question. I know they've got the pull handle on the inside of them, but because I can't anticipate, I can't imagine that he would have popped the trunk before backing the thing down the boat ramp. No, it may have just popped. Who knows? I mean, did he open the door to get out of the car as it's going? In the I don't know. He was standing on the bank and it was floating the time we got back and. <laughs> And she didn't we mean, all float down here. She didn't mean anything by it, but we're paddling and uh, we're coming to the boat ramp. And he's on the phone. He's like, You guys need any help? Meaning to pull the kayak up. And Kara's like, Now nah, we're good. You look like you need more help than we do. Oh, I would have totally meant something oh. by that. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys want to see a floating Nissan, just go over to youtube.com, look over to Digital 410. Please like and subscribe. Or uh, we actually did TikToks on it too. But, uh, yeah, um, so things I learned is you do a news report about pollution in the uh, in the canals, and somebody will dump a car in there. Let me. Here's another question I had, Gordon, on the newer car. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously the engine was running because he was. Mm-hmm. Once the car engine got water in the intake, we're going to say that that extinguished the fire. The car stops running. Now, you're not a mechanic, no am I, and if there's a mechanic listening, please email us or make a comment so we can find it. We know that the electrical system stayed running because the headlights and taillights were on even as it was sitting at the bottom of the canal, and it was still going when we left. 
But once the engine stopped running, even if the ignition is on, is the fuel pump still going? Because the fuel system depends on if it shorts out or not. Because the fuel system's a closed system, right? right? And if the engine's not running, or the fuel injectors opening, because if they're not opening, then it's fair to say that a minimum amount of gas would have risked getting into the canal because if the engine's off, the fuel it's not a carburetor. So oh, even I'm sure there's fluids that escaped from that car. Yeah, but I'm sure there's less fluids from a modern car than if it was a carbureted engine with a fuel pump that was running nonstop because that fuel would have just went into the bowl of the carburetor and flooded out. Whereas, once again, if it's fuel injection... And if the fuel injectors don't right. open or fire, if the engine's not... Well, I guess they would have to in order not, to turn the I'm engine over mechanic, originally. But uh, my, my guess is they're probably coming out of the intake manifold back out with water would be some oil and some fuel. And maybe that's why we haven't caught a goddamn fish since that night because that was the last night we caught any real fish is the before the fucking car went into the canal. Rat bastards. Uh, yep, 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 this yep, is yep. actually a perfect time to segue into the news. I got a, a good story. Uh, are we at that point? May incense you. Uh, we're 55 minutes into it. I guess we can go into the news. We got to do the news. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? Maybe better than you after you hear this story. Ready? Ready, the Freddy. illustrious Cape Coral City Council has voted to ban people from trespassing at canal bridges that do not that have not been designed or constructed constructed for safe access. But the ban, approved by a five to two vote, doesn't sit well with people who say keeping young people from fishing or swimming or even walking near bridges means they are denied one of the basic freedoms of childhood. Well, d- now I didn't see the story, which goes, that's an indictment on my local <laughs> knowledge of my own facility. I can see if they don't want people fishing from on top said bridge, thus standing on the medium where traffic is going by. But if they don't want people standing under the bridge and casting off the seawall, that's nonsense because the canal that we go down in between what we refer to as Max's place in Turtle Town, uh, there's three bridges we got to cross under, and there's usually at least one or two people fishing from those bridges who don't have the, you know, ability to, or access to a boat and or a kayak. And so, yes, that not only does that take away from your one's freedom and most basic right as a Floridian, but let's say this passes right, and so now you can only fish in designated areas or off of you know, or on ponds. Basically places that don't have a clear access. How many people would that, I guess let's just play the devil's guy. Let's say we live in a society where people follow the rules <laughs> first and foremost, because Cape Coral passed a law about parking in the grass and the right down the street, half the people in my neighborhood park in the grass, including the Lee County Sheriff. So people don't follow the rules around here, but let's say we live in a society where people actually follow the rules. If this were to happen and we lived in said society, could you imagine the potential loss of freshwater conservation and lack of sales of fishing licenses? Oh, yeah. Well, according to resident, and she may be a Karen, Carol Adams, she said that she thought moving next to Horseshoe Canal in North Cape would be a peaceful experience, Mm -hmm. like being protected from Mm -hmm. having too many neighbors, only to find that it's an opposite effect. 
According to her, she said, we had experienced multiple people along our property line, Mm -hmm. under the bridge, across the canal, a multitude of trash. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, that is a problem. Dead fish, bleeding fish under the bridge, which is not a good situation with animals in the area. Fish hooks, food cartons, and lots of that end up in their yard, according to Adams, who is a retired school teacher from Colorado. Adams says people who... uh, spread from public to private property, aren't interested in hearing about how their behavior affects the neighborhood. We have attempted to have crucial conversations and kind conversations with various people, asking them not to fish along the seawall on our property, according to to Adams. Now, Uh, I can understand on your property, literally standing on your back wall, because you know who owns that seawall? The property owner. Yep. Hurricane comes through and the backwash comes out and that seawall collapses. Cape Coral isn't paying for that. The homeowner is. I know somebody who just replaced their seawall. So I get that. But if you're complaining that somebody's standing on the empty property next to you on that seawall, that, that is the Cape Coral equivalent of the people who have houses on beaches in Malibu and California and been trying to get privatized beaches. But yeah, if somebody's standing on your yard, on your seawall, that's one thing. Someone's standing across the canal on an empty lot because, like, Carrie and I were fishing on an empty lot on a seawall that had a dock. Apparently, the house was torn down. It's empty. We were fishing there tonight. But to say this about something else, I don't want to surprise anybody, but just because there's litter on the uh, canals doesn't mean it comes for fishermen. I was sitting in my kayak right next to one of these bridges and I heard some loud talking, some Spanish, if you will. And two men broke through the willows down towards the bank, which there was no clear bank. So they're like bushwhacking through the trees, speaking real loud, almost as if they're calling for a wild animal. It sounds like an indictment. Interestingly enough, we weren't catching any fish. There were some bubbles. And they saw me, and I saw them. They looked at me, I looked at them, they looked at each other, they looked at me, and I thought, well, shit, these guys came all this way to go fishing. Let me pull my anchor, and I'll go down 20 yards and give them room to fish. After all, I'm on a boat. I have all the fishing waters in the world. No, they looked at me. They sat down in their bag that I thought had their gear in it. They promptly turned around, walked out, got in their truck, and drove away. They weren't coming down to fish. They had a bag of trash. Or bag of something. Now this something wasn't anything biological because that same bag has been there for two weeks and nothing smells like dead animals. So what they were planning on throwing into the canal, I don't know. But these guys came down to the edge of the water with the express purpose of not fishing but to drop off trash and then leave. So just because there's trash on your canals doesn't mean it's from fishermen. But yes, I do understand. I've seen minnow buckets and everything else. So. According to Adams, the, the conversations she's had, she's re, they've received negative feedback, and they had always that they had always had the right to fish from property around and around bridges. There are no specific bridges that were specified in the ordinance, so it is a thing, which was adopted after the city council heard from homeowners upset with unwelcomed guests that have tread on their property, left litter and rubbish under the bridges. Maybe it's your story, um, mm-hmm. and created a general nuisance. According to Council Member Dan Shepard, he argued against the ordinance, claiming that it would take an important element away from childhood. Mm-hmm. We can't protect every action that child, every child does. I can tell you that as a child, I walked my neighborhood when I wanted to fish, and found a water hole. According to Dan, uh, we do not really want to stop kids from being kids, nope. though, do we? 
No, as children, we do all, th- all sorts of things that are dangerous. I don't know about that anymore. So many of the city's saltwater and freshwater canals are, have good fishing spots, but are located in residential areas next to property owned by individuals and families who find their peaceful lives hampered by visitors, noise, litter, graffiti, and trespassing. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, violators can be hit with a $50 fine. But I, I honestly think a lot of these people are just using the fishing as a vehicle to complain about someone being within their eyeline because you can go on YouTube and there's, there's videos where people are in the canal on their fucking boats. They're not standing on someone's property. They're not littering. They're on their boats, you know, $30,000 bass boats just casting in a line and they're being berated by the homeowner standing on their seawalls. So I'm calling the cops. You can't fish here. It's like, this is public waterways and people well, just don't want people behind their house, whether it's on their seawall or on a goddamn boat. They just, they hate fishermen. It's all there is to it. And I've well, been waited to, I've kind of waited to get harassed and it hasn't happened yet. Well, according to Dan Shepard, the councilman, he says the answer is more police rather than more rules. We hadn't had this problem until we took 25 police officers and put them into schools mm-hmm. and didn't replace them. According to Shepard, we are 50 officers shy of what we should have for a city of our size. Well, you ain't going to get any more with the way the world's going. Yeah, when we came back, the latest we ever came back was like 9 o'clock, and it was getting dark, and we were coming in, and Florida Fish and Wildlife came down the ramp, which I was happy to see that because that means he was in the parking lot. I didn't have to worry about my truck getting broken into. And, but he asked he asked, he asked, asked to see everything but my fishing license. He wanted to make sure we – he asked me, do we have two life jackets? Do we have whistles on them? Yep. He opened my dry storage, wanted to know if I had any fish. Interesting. Up in Ohio, Kentucky, where we grew up, there was a size limit before you could keep. Mm-hmm. That would be 12 inches before you can keep. Down here, apparently, at some point in time, they said we have way too many small fish. So you can keep up to five fish a day under 16 inches and only one over 16 inches. Interesting. So, so yeah, but no, we don't, we're we strictly catch and release. So I said, no, we don't have any fish. But, yeah. Well, while we're on hot fish talk, one more fish story. The colon. Oh, oh, hold, hold on, sorry. John Craft, correct. It sucks water into the intake, hydro lock, everything stops. Injector ceases to work and the fuel pump stops working. Even not, it would return to the tank. So that's a good sign that we at least have a minimum amount of environmental damage from a Nissan Maxima floating in our beloved canals where we fish. The colon camp is a weird, giant fish that can live for 100 years and has been around. For about 400 million years. Did you say colon calf? C-O-E-L-A-C-A-N-T-H. Colon calf. Calf. These slow-moving, people-sized fish of the deep were nicknamed the living fossil. Why? Because, you know, it's the opposite of live fast, die young. God, that's an ugly fucking fish right there, fellas. This is a nocturnal fish that grows at an achingly slow pace. Females don't even hit their sexual maturity until they're at least uh, in their late 50s, according to a study. While the male are sexually mature at 40 to 69 years old. That's a long-ass living fish. But the strangest, strangest thing at all? As researchers have figured, pregnancy of these fish lasts about five years. Jesus. No wonder they've lasted for so long. The colacanths, which have been around for 400 million years, were thought to be extinct until they were found alive in 1938 off of South Africa. It's so crazy how many more and more animals that we previously thought were wiped out have made returns. 
which goes to show you that uh, you know some of the well, conservation conservation does work. They originally thought these fish lived about twenty years, but applying the standard technique for technique for dating commercial fish. I don't know if you swipe right it's or swipe like left. like a grouper. French scientists calculate they actually live close to a century. Oh, that's crazy. There you go. And what else do we got here? Eric, we got a break-in. Break-in? Yeah, Thornton, New Hampshire. Surveillance video helped police get to the bottom of a series of vehicle break-ins in the town of Thornton. Home security footage captured the, captured the bandit opening doors of a vehicle and crawling inside. This bandit was a black bear. Police believe the bear was rummaging for food and that the bear is responsible for damaging other vehicles. Police warned residents to remove your food from the vehicles. Well, no shit, Sherlock. And avoid enticing the bears. The good news is the criminal was unarmed. Pardon the pun. And probably not dangerous. Well, it's a black bear. It's a chance. It's going to yeah. be a little dangerous, you jackass. Officials say making loud noises well, usually enough to send a black bear scare. Oh, now and I can back that up back when I worked in Big Sky at the resort. So one summer we had a black bear running around the base area and we had black a lot of conferences going on and we basically treated it like it was a wild dog, just yelled at it and clapped and it ran away. But the funny thing is, a Japanese tourist decided to chase after it into the parking lot. I'm going to get a picture. With a camera. Oh, stoop. But you know, we had to yell at her, stop, you're going to get killed or worse. But that is what we have for the news on this 621-21. You know, it's crazy. I've seen enough episodes of uh, Alone where, hey, bear. It's like really saying, hey, bear, scares them off. Hey, bear. This concludes the evening news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. If you want to know the difference between naked and afraid and alone, it comes down to this. The producer's like, hey, where can we send people to get completely consumed by bugs? And then the producers over at History Channels alone says, where can we send people to potentially die? Because they're, they're, yeah, this well, current they're season, clothing, they're on. Clothing is the big issue, right? Well, yes, but that's a naked afraid on alone. These cats are literally alone. They talk to somebody once a week. And like this year, they're just surrounded by black bear and fucking panthers. <laughs> I mean, So cougars. my father-in-law was over here on Sunday. Just a little background. My father-in-law's from Greece. He's uh, mid-70s. And uh, we had naked and afraid on. His mind blown what was he blown about the naked part <laughs> all of the above it was interesting because like the first season they had to censor out the ass but now like they only censor out the ass of the dudes who are well hung or the women whose um they, they front parts can be seen from or the women whose front parts can be seen from the rear <laughs> so the only time they like censor the ass the crack flaps now are too big yeah, is when yeah. you could see the the front goods from the rear Oh, da, 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 do, 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 do. oh, real quick, I was at Lowe's tonight to buy a head of uh, a, a uh, patio stone to cover up the guinea. And I saw a two wheeled wheel. Wait, 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 wait. You buried an Italian in your yard? Yes, the guinea. Fuck, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> um, I saw a two wheel wheelbarrow. And I'm like, wow, have we gotten to that point at, at mankind that we can't function? a one wheel wheelbarrow? Now, when I say two wheel wheelbarrow, the wheels are in. Talking the- like a dually? The boat, the wheels are generally in the same spot, except for there's two, about a half a foot apart. And I'm thinking that thing has to maneuver like a fucking brick turd. The whole reason a wheelbarrow has one wheel is for easy maneuverability. But I guess 
Did you test drive it? No, I didn't have time, but I guess maybe we're so bad with balancing things that are full of dirt now that if we don't do it full time that we need the <laughs> the wide wheel so it's stance. A, it's a wheelbarrow with training wheels. Yes, basically. It's a wheelbarrow that won't fall over for the uninitiated. <sighs> are you tired of pushing wheelbarrows with one single wheel and it tips over? Has this happened to you? Boom, boom, boom. Shows all the potting soil and mulch going all. Oh, and it's it. exaggerated too. Yeah. It's just everywhere. And then they trip and stumble, and the shovel comes up and conks them on the head. Donk. Well, never feel. Now we have the dual wheeled wild stance wheelbarrow. Yep. Just some more sign that we're all getting worse. And we th- and there are people who think they want Civil War. Yeah, right. But I'm the asshole for mentioning that most of us couldn't handle it because while we're out of shape, we're pampered. And that's the other thing, too. Um, these cats who are imagining this, when's the last time they spent more than a day out of climate control? Just, just a question. We're not that's that construction workers. Exactly. Not much. We're not that. We're not that rugged as we once were. But hey, this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at At Computers. At Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2004 and the rest of the world since, I don't know, maybe 2010. So even if you're not in Southwest Florida and you need help, give them a call at 239-283-1120 or go to act-capecoral.com or find them on Facebook. Just look up Act Computers or At Computers of Cape Coral and they can assist you strictly by going to our website and assisting you through um, remote connectivity or if you lived here in southwest florida give them a call 239-283-1120 they can help you laptop repair computer repair uh video camera installations access points wireless expansions so on so on and so forth and uh please head over to d-410.com click on that orange patreon link if you're on a mobile device you gotta scroll to the bottom find the banner and um sign up for patreon it's a dollar a month you'll support the show get some uh, free stuff that way too and uh, please head over to YouTube. We're slowly starting to get more followers. We're about, oh, I don't know, 560 viewers away from 1,000. But, hey, we're yeah, getting they closer. They say that the hardest ones are to get are up that to That first 1,000. So <laughs> help us get to that first 1,000. And um, as always, thank you guys so much. And we will talk to you next week with more fun, thrill, and hijinks for all. Thank you guys so much. Whoop, wrong button. That's the panic button. I didn't want the panic button. I pulled up the wrong board. See that? I was sailing on biscuit wheels. I thought I was going. I was looking for paradise. If you leave whiskey in a barrel for several years, the whiskey will get better. But the same is not true for people. There we go. See y'all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs) 